Good afternoon. Good evening. You're back on Equal Footing. This is Dove Tuzman. Here we go again. Back in the sphere of relationships, our favorite topic. Yes, we're going to look at Jewish wisdom around this one. You know, as we were preparing for this show, our wonderful producer, my partner, Leah, was saying, yeah, but tonight's not really a Jewish show. It's more about like just an everyday thing. I said, what? That's what our show's about. Everyday life through the prism of Jewish wisdom. This is about one of those. I, I get with her why she said it because it's about this, the banal, the difficult dynamic all the time with our loved ones, our wife, our husband, our girlfriend, boyfriend, children, parents, siblings, communication. The the essence of everything. Do you know that there are various studies, and the most recent one I saw was a Psychology Today one that our producer put in front of me. It's on the screen. That 68% of divorces, the number one reason cited by the couples is bad communication, communication breakdown. You talk to any relationship therapist, whether they're a family counselor working on uh, marriages in trouble, or whether they're working on you know, rebellious kids and relationship with parents, sibling rivalry, they'll tell you the same thing. It's about communication. You know, a lot of it is what I'm saying, you're not hearing it in the way that I think you should be. I'm not saying it in the way that you know how to hear it. It's about different styles of communicating and learning not only our own, but as, I would say more importantly, the styles of our loved ones. Now, said, how do we tie this into Jewish wisdom? Well, at the core of Jewish life is Shalom Bais, peace in the home. Shalom Bait, as our guest would say it tonight. I'm going to get to our wonderful guest. And so we're full up, by the way. We got full studio here. I think it's the first time in a while we filled all four mics and we got a wonderful guest on the line. But at the core of Judaism, is this concept of peace in the home. Nothing else really works if the foundation isn't right. But is there actual halachic guidance? Is there, is there, are there laws around the way we should communicate as a couple? Or is it anecdotal? Do we look at the patriarchs and the matriarchs, the way they get along? Well, fortunately, I don't have to answer these questions. That's going to be on our wonderful guest on the phone calling in this is a he's a relationship therapist and an ordained rabbi rabbi andrew sklars he's been on before love having him on also challenges me i bet he's going to make fun of me tonight like he did a little bit last time all right rabbi sklars upon his ordination from the reform movement seminary yes it's the reform movement we are open-minded here on equal footing where he studied at the Hebrew Union College Jewish Institute of Religion in New York. Rabbi Slars came to the Reformed Temple of Putnam Valley. Uh, he expressed, I love the way he said it, about his first congregation experience. It was a six-year love fest with his congregation. Um, the congregation drew dramatically, as did the associated religious school. And simultaneously, he went out and studied and received his master's in social work. I said, he's a rabbi and a therapist at Fordham University. Ultimately worked with clients at the Mead Counseling Center. 
in Greenwich. I think that's Greenwich, Connecticut. Rabbi Sklars believes that there are myriad ways in which people can connect to Judaism as a self-described as not self-described non-conformist, non-conforming Jew. He strongly encourages a questioning of the status quo. And that he has in common with many of the rabbis in this program and actually has been on uh, in, in, in intellectual exchange with, with Orthodox rabbis before. Uh, so uh, familiar with our, with our milieu here. But most of all, Rabbi Sklars, with his warm and compassionate manner, seeks to create an environment in which Judaism is not only relevant and meaningful, but joyful. Uh, so Rabbi Sklars, welcome to Equal Footing again, and looking forward to you bringing joy to what, for many couples, is a really challenging topic. Thank you so much, Doug, and thank you for your really, really kind words. Well, heartfelt, and uh, I, I, that way I'm also trying to buy some political capital, so you're not too hard on me as, a, as we get into it, some it, of this it, the, the sentiments are mutual, though, <laughs> very mutual. Thank you. All right, so once again, we have our one of my partner in crime here, our, our wonderful producer and showrunner, Leah Mazniku, is here in studio. It's been a while, Leah. You, you're usually uh, at uh, Kehila Jeshron on, on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, I've been, I've been busy. I have my hands full. <laughs> you, just, you just couldn't avoid coming in, though, for this one. I just could not resist. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone had a visual of what I'm looking at right yeah, in the studio. Yeah, I wish okay. they did. We have uh, our good friends, Leah, we'll disclose these are our good friends. We're not going to see their last name so they can have, feel free to... Get a little crazy on the air tonight. Um, we're, we're delighted to have them in studio. They're a beautiful couple, beautiful in every way, out, outside and inside, um, and agreed to come on tonight under a bit of a pseudonym uh, to open up about their communication challenges, some of the stuff they've overcome, some of the stuff they're working on, in kind of a way that we hope our listeners will be able to say, yeah, I identify with that, whether you're a, a couple listening, one side of a couple listening uh, tonight. Or single, reflecting on the things you've done wrong in a past relationship. Hopefully, what, what they'll be able to—they're being vulnerable here on your behalf and get into some of these issues. So I'm going to introduce here Diane and Eddie Love. Hi, <laughs> we're excited to be here. And I'm going to ask you guys both to speak into the mic, and, and if the red button isn't on, then hit it until you see it on. Diane, I think yours is on. Eddie, I'm mine not is sure. on. Can you yeah, hear me now? Now we can. Oh, there you go, can you hear me? Eddie Love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rabbi Sklars, there's a lot of chatter about communicate. Let's start with the kind of the modern therapeutic perspective. This shows about communication in couples. You hear about different communication styles, like the passive style, the aggressive style. We all know about passive-aggressive mix. And then what seems to be kind of a more of an ideal and assertive but compassionate style. D- d- first of all, should we? Is it, it, is it good for us to look on the Internet and kind of figure out what style we are? Is that a good place to, to start, or is, this, is that stuff meaningful? You know, with all due respect to the Internet, I don't think we should seek elsewhere to define ourselves. I think we look inside and get a pretty good sense rather than pigeonholing ourselves in in any box because we're all unique people. So I think maybe then if we're not going to put it in boxes, I'll just put out a couple of these ideas around how we communicate. And I want you to, if you will, tell me if it's – um. If it's, if it's a fair description of some of, let's say, your patients that you've seen or your clients that you see. Sure. Some people get into trouble because they're passive communicators. They just, they don't express their feelings or needs enough. They defer to others for decision making. They want to avoid tension and conflict. They kind of let things build up 
anger or resentment instead of expressing that. Um, I can I at certain points of my life identify with that. Is that is that is that kind of a category, if you will, <laughs> or uh, does that re- is that reflective in your in your in your client base? You know, I think we all have the potential to manifest different kinds of characteristics and different moods based on not only ourselves and our own inner dynamics, but also within the context of the relationship we're having, because there's different chemistry between every two human beings. So it's not a, it's not that I'm trying to say that certainly there are passive aggressive people. There are, there are people that are, are in, um, codependent relationships, absolutely, but it's it's not black and white because we shift, and so much is contingent upon the external forces, especially with our relationships with different people. So I think we all have at times been irked by the what I would call the aggressive communicator, someone who's expressing feelings and needs like seeming seemingly ignoring any kind of feedback folks that are easily get defensive and hostile um kind of don't seem to be too concerned about hurting others um it is if you take if you looked at the the, the critical passive communicator and the critical aggressive communicator is where where do you think the bigger problem is if you will in in uh in couples communications you know Every relationship is a two-way street. So can you lay a blame on one person? Certainly one party could do something that could be incredibly hurtful to the other. But couples dance. They either dance with one another, hand-in-hand, arm-in-arm, both figuratively or metaphorically, or they dance away from one another. And uh, they do that in tandem with one another. So it's hard to put the blame unless if one does something that is just so hurtful to the other or dishonest that, therefore, there's the retaliation going on. It seems that a part of it is, and and I'm going to defer here to to Leah as as another therapist here, It, it seems that part of it is, about just knowing what, how you express yourself best, even if, with all its faults, whether you're passive, whether you're too aggressive, um, is just just being clear so that you can kind of know where your pitfalls are, be able to warn your partner about maybe even early in the relationship of, of um, you know, your foibles and the way you express yourself. Yeah, uh, but that requires a certain degree of uh, self-awareness and self-knowledge. Uh, what I would like to say is that we're different. We communicate differently at different stages of our lives. For example, there was a stage of my life where I deeply identified as a passive aggressive communicator. And although I might revert back to that stage, I now <laughs> would like to identify as like an assertive communicator. So we're, we, we flow in the way that we communicate. Now There's I'm going to no. probably trip up as I as I explain these, but I guess someone's passive aggressive soft sometimes, like using sarcasm or indirect communication to make a point without really telling you what's going yeah. on. So it's like yeah. subtle, maybe anger or resentment, but it's on the surface. It might you might be getting a smile. Yeah. Um, and then the assertive communicator, and this I'll put out. I want to get Eddie and Diane in the conversation in a second here, but I'll put out to the to the two therapists here um, on the show. 
is seems to kind of in my layman's, you know, dumb brain seems to be the best, right? It's like you're, you're assert, you're, you're assertive, you're direct and you're honest, but at the same time, you're not aggressive. You're respecting the feelings. Yeah. It's what you aspire to be in everyday life. Now, of course, things are imperfect and we, uh, we come across people that although we aspire to be very assertive in our communication, they inspire different parts of us. Like they inspire us to be more aggressive, for example, um, but yeah, that's, that's the, the assertive type of communication yeah, it's like clear, is direct. People often misinterpret assertive as aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think just the word sounds like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's not as you know, direct. And so as we were going through the little bit, I don't know, this is a bit of the more banal, the boring stuff here up front, the definition stuff, Eddie and Diane, I'm looking at you here in studio. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, what kind of communicator are you? Mm. Um, I would say I'm pretty assertive now, but, uh, in my past, I was, uh, very introverted in that I would hold on to everything that would bother me instead of just expressing it to the people that I love and care about. Um, and so for now in my life, I'm assertive, but I have to be careful with that because of how large I am actually physically. Right, and he's <laughs> a big man. And yeah. so not just in my Bellowless. relationship, but in professional circumstances, I have to be assertive, but yet restrained. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. and that's, that's a big, uh, uh, something. No pun know. intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's actually exactly. great self-awareness. I, yeah. yeah. Cause I, having known you for quite some time, you're very like direct and kind and you always make like really clear eye contact. So I'm probably biased. Teddy bear. Mm. Mm. Okay. I'm sorry. You have, yeah. <laughs> First of all, give, give me the bad about Eddie's communication yeah. and then tell us what kind of communicator oh, I, you are. I, Diane. I hate to start with the bad, but. I think Eddie's like spot on. He knows exactly where. I mean, I think we, in that way, I found him very sexy because he's self-aware. He he can see inside of him that he can be much more assertive and and, and make the message heard without all the noise that he can produce out of um, anger or frustration. When he puts his mind to it, he can he can really capitalize on that. Like that's a really good side of his personality. Mm. Um, but I do realize that when I don't see his, you know, when he doesn't have it in him to kind of see my side of it, we'll, we'll inevitably get into arguments just because uh, I think we're both very stubborn. Um, but in that way, uh, we can also come back and see like, Hey, Hey, this wasn't this. We don't need to go there. I would say that we always come back to knowing that we want the best for each other. Mm. Sometimes um, it gets since really I met her, that's loud. what I've always wanted, <laughs> and I think that's there. always what she's wanted for me. Um, you know, marriage aside, any other you know professional circumstances aside, we've always wanted the absolute best for one yeah. another. Yeah, that has day. to be. In one of our, we're going to take our first break in a second, but in one of our pregame discussions, and probably Rabbi Sklar's is in there taking notes because we're going to actually ask. We're going to do some some pretend, not a therapy session, of course, in, in reality, but we're going to, uh, you know, you get a little bit of free therapeutic input here from Rabbi Sklar's and from Leah after the first break. But when one of our pregame conversations, uh, Eddie, you said, yes, you know, sometimes we'll fight like cats and dogs, but we, we, we come back. come back, we come back to the table. And sometimes we see the progression, it gets better and easier every time. Yes. 
I mean, even by like a second. Just by but a second. It, that's <laughs> Maybe a minute. better. Yeah. Now, obviously, you guys are in a, here in a Jewish network, and I, I, we have lots of different types of listeners. We have some listeners that have been together for 30 years and never been with anybody else. And, and then we have other listeners that, that, you know, have been divorced three times and come from a different context. I want to ask before we go to our break, just so listeners can kind of, to make give them more three dimensions view. Are you mm-hmm. guys religious at this point in your life? How what's your what's your relationship with with God? And if if the rabbi gets into some of that, are you guys going to listen or roll your eyes? For myself, I would say that I believe in a higher power, and I believe that it's all about your outlook in life. And even if things are hard and tough, um, when you have a good outlook, you will always overcome whatever you're you're facing mm. so and in that i believe in the higher power i believe there is a good force in this world yeah i i suppose uh we always meet on that i think that we are very much in the same place like we believe that there's something higher than us that makes us you know kind of want to get better every day and uh yeah i mean i'll definitely mm. take a note uh, rabbi sounds you know, like he has a lot of things to share that would be really useful. When it comes to faith, would you guys say you're kind of in a similar place in terms of your, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it seems like it is, you know, as you look at the, the stats on why couples, when they say they break, they break up because of bad communication, mm. um, it's often around things like finances and God. Yeah. It's like big, the top two. Big topics. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and fidelity, which is a really important one. We'll get to sure. the break here with Rabbi Andrew Sklars. Wonderful therapist and executive producer, Leah Masniku and Eddie and Diane Love here in the studio. We are talking about the essence of everything. Communication. Communication in, is key. In, in love and marriage. We'll be right back. All right. Well, you know about this sponsor if you've been listening to this program even for uh, for a week. They're a wonderful sponsor for a long time. And this sponsor embodies what this program is about, which is talking about difficult stuff without shame and moving forward in a positive way. In this case, it's about erectile dysfunction. Not tonight's show, but this sponsor. Sponsors Manhattan Medical. You don't have to be in Manhattan or the New York area. Anywhere in the United States, you can avail yourself of Manhattan Medical's new effective therapy and enduring therapy for erectile dysfunction. It's not anything to be ashamed about. You're talking about almost 70%, over two-thirds of men are affected by ED in their lifetime. And there are other options out there other than these expensive blue pills, which many people cannot take because of comorbidities and other issues and side effects. Well, Manhattan Medical employs an ED therapy that's been around in Europe for a long time, uh, and Canada as well, and in just in the last few years in the United States. It's called Gaines Wave. you got to check it out. It is non-invasive, it's surgery-free, and it is painless. Put an end to the emotional stress. The stress is a couple when you're not dealing with ED. There are options out there with no side effects. And for the vast majority of patients, over 90% of patients, the Gaines Wave ED therapy from Manhattan Medical has enduring and wonderful results. In fact, there's a listener in this program who's in his 80s who reports that Gaines Wave ED therapy, Manhattan Medical, has had a enduring and permanent 
positive effect on his sex life. Here's the number. Get ready. Take out a pen. Write it down. Put it in your phone. 888-ED-CURE-9. That's 888-ED-CURE-9. In numbers, for Manhattan Medical's ED therapy, 888-332-8739. I'm going to give a number one more time, but I want to tell you that if you call in and you mention that you heard about Manhattan Medical's Gaines Wave Therapy for erectile dysfunction on equal footing, you have to say you heard about it on equal footing, you will get a free consultation. You cannot get that if you just walk in off the street or call them. That's a $250 value. You can do it in person or by Zoom. One more time, the number from Manhattan Medical's ED therapy, 888-332-8739. I've been caught. <laughs> it's fun being in studio, the full studio. All that time in COVID, we had like, I was like all alone here. And now it's like, there's f- six of us, including Dimitri. Quiz for a listener. I, who's that? Who's that other human that I haven't mentioned? All right. There is someone else I didn't mention. It's here in studio. Okay. So I have to give out a number, another number. I want listeners, please, to participate. You can call in live and tell us about your communication breakdown. Great Led Zeppelin song, uh, or the amazing communication you have in your loving relationship. The number to call in and participate live, you can give your real name, you can give a kind of real name, whatever. <laughs> 718-303-9090. That's 718-303-9090. Let the phone ring. Please be patient. Um, if, if, if you don't get picked up right away, we have a small switchboard. And then if you want to text or or uh, WhatsApp in, SMS or WhatsApp in a question or comment to Rabbi Andrew Sklars or Leah Masniku or Eddie and Diane Love. The number, don't call this, please. This is for text uh, or WhatsApp, 917-428-4062. But compose your question or comment quickly because if you get it, often they come in right at the end of the show and then we can't get to them. Again, 917-428-4062. Rabbi Sklars, you've been so zen. <laughs> First of all, how do Eddie and Diane sound to you? Like if they walked into your office, you had a blindfold on, you just heard those first couple of minutes. Do you think you can, uh, you're going to be able to work with them? I think I'd love to work with them. But first of all, I'd, I'd love to just meet them. They sound like awesome people. Oh. They, they sound connected yeah. and respectful of one another and that there's a lot of beautiful stuff going on there. Oh, hi! <laughs> I want to meet him. Where are you? Well, you we, we good. Let's try oh, this we'd out. Love to meet, we'd yeah. Love to Eddie and Diane, can you tell Rabbi Sklar's um, your biggest problem area right now in communication? Where are you screwing? Nice up? segue, by the way. Um, I'll start out. Actually, Go for real it, quick. Uh, for myself, um, I work in the TV film industry, and I've been out of work for quite some time because of strikes and other union issues going on right now, and. For me, for a person that hasn't stopped working since he was 14, it's a very big issue where I feel very depressed and very useless, and uh, I am very conscious of it, and I continue to be conscious of it, that I have been taking it out on the people that love and care for me the most, Um, and I'm coming to terms with that more and more, and now trying to figure out how can I take all that energy I have and all those resources I, I know I can utilize out in the world and come back home and be a valid communicator for my wife and hopefully oh, in the future my my children. 
I'm tearing up. What's going on? Okay, that is really, um, <laughs> you have to start with yourself. I was going to say, I thought you were going to start with me. I was like, that's valid. We just fall off the way. <laughs> no, no. It, honestly, I think um, I, I love learning from every time we do argue because I truly just want to get to like the bottom of it. I don't like truly want to hurt anyone's feelings. I, I'm not, I've never been that way. But the passionate side of us both always sounds like we're yelling with this anger yeah, that you, we I've never seen end up be with. Intense. You can be pretty intense sure, with each other. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. And I love that about yeah. him. I think I when I met him, I said I've met a match because he he puts me in my place, but sometimes I don't like it. And then yeah. he calls me out on it. And he's like, you don't like it. Right. You don't like it. And I'm like, no, I don't. But, but I, I love want, it. I want I Rabbi Sklars to be able, and, and therapist Sklars, to be able to, 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 to help. I know it's hard. I'm asking you to be really vulnerable. Sure. I, I heard you say depression. And I know, I hope you don't mind me saying in, in one of our past dialogues, I know you say, you said to me that you don't, you don't, you're not one of the people that want to be on medication. So you're really working through your stuff in a, in an active and engaged way. You're not like, you're not suppressing it. You're not like kind of medicating it. Mm. Is, is that, is what you're saying, Eddie, is that the, is that the core of the, of the worst arguments that you're, you're off, you're depressed? Well, yeah, I would say actually now that it's been some of the worst arguments we've ever had and it's actually been more and more than it used to be. Um, again, you know, idle, idle hands, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a good thing. And, uh, for myself, the reason, at least when I, without going too much into my past, um, you know, in my childhood, I was medicated heavily for a million different reasons. Mm. I've been to, I don't know, 30 different therapists, uh, you know, over 10 different psychoanalysts in my life. And they all tried to prescribe my pain away. I would, mm. I, I, that's how I described it. And I just felt numb and I feel like it regressed my, my, uh, growth. And in doing so, I've really just tried to, stay away from it uh, you know I've, I've been th- been with tons of experts and i feel the best way to do it is on my own and uh, of course through talking and and being vulnerable but definitely i need to be able to straighten my brain out on my own what is the worst fight you guys have ever had mm. the one that when he stops short and i fly into the <laughs> When he drives, I, I think that that we fight about that in such a bad way that sometimes I feel like that's the hard. We just had it. That's why I, I'm mentioning it because mm-hmm. the most important thing is is that Eddie is a great driver, but he makes me feel anxiety in in a very normal, natural drive to like I don't know here, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I feel like sometimes we can argue about it in such a passionate way. I'm like, that doesn't, and then it goes away. And I'm like, why do we fight so hard? Isn't that amazing how like you have a fight. It's so stupid. It feels like the end of the relationship. It's so like in that moment. And then the (laughs) next day, or you look through a text, you know, you look through a text a year later, you know, for example. I know. You'd be embarrassed. What in the world? Yeah. Um, you guys but, should hear the things I just, fight about. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh man, no, it's, I, I didn't mean that. I, we don't. I don't think we really mean it. At the end of the day, yeah. so I can't remember one that I was like, "Oh well, he really we broke my heart." I'm like, yeah. I say you broke my heart, but then I'm like, he you comes back and he always apologizes. So it's like I love him. Yeah. I love him. He loves me, and I love him. Rabbi, before the next break, is there a paragon for a for a Jewish relationship? Like, it, it, does does Jewish? Give, is there an example well, that we should be looking at from a halachic or a Jewish wisdom perspective? Well, first of all, I want to I want to commend both Eddie and Diane for their sincerity or their honesty and their courage because they're really looking at themselves 
Um, Eddie, you shared a great deal about not only the pain that you experienced throughout your life, but particularly during these last four months, 14 months, excuse me, and how challenging that time has been for you. And Diane, um, you really, whether you were cognizant or not, even when you went in and talked about your arguments, you were still supporting Eddie in the process. I don't know if you heard that um, within that interaction. And it was really... It was really something quite beautiful to hear. So in terms of if we talk about Torah or the Bible, I I look at, at the Torah as being a handbook of dysfunctional relationships. <laughs> it is, yes. but it really is. It's yes. really, you know, um, stories of... <laughs> I love you, Rabbi who, I love you too, Bubby. You know, who, <laughs> who have their baggage to begin with. And, you know, we all walk around with baggage. Some of us have little backpacks. Some of us have big old foot lockers. Some of us are willing to work with it, and others of us just bring it in and dump it on the floor into our relationship. What are, our what are a couple of examples from, from Humash, from the, from the Bible, that, that are of dysfunction that we can learn from? Dysfunctional well, let's go to Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac. Let's be frank. It was a mama's boy. He never really dealt with those issues. Dad was willing to sacrifice him, and um, Dad was at the office with God all day. Isaac, you know, grew up as, unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's not maybe the PC way to put it, but it was a mama's boy. His father found a wife for him. He and Rebecca maybe connected the first night, you know, when they went in the tent and had great sex. But after that, they were never on the same page with one another. They had two kids. Yeah. Each one favored one. And look what happened. No communication between the two of them. And it clearly, though the text doesn't tell us, the, the rift got bigger and bigger and bigger. So they were siding with one child, and that one child was siding with them. And boy, that was an unhealthy dynamic going on. For sure. So we see... And it's rife. I mean, that's just one example in the Bible. We see these things over and over. Give, again. give us one other before the break. We're we're up on the break time, but I can't I can't resist. Well, okay. So you look at um, Jacob, who was a product of that, of that marriage. He went in, and he had two wives. They fought and they fought, and you know. He was pulled in different directions. The sisters were bitter. Or you go back to his grandparents, Abraham and Sarah. They wanted a baby. They had a surrogate child. He got, you know, as we said in modern parlance, he got the cleaning woman pregnant. And then look what happened between Abraham and Sarah. She wasn't a happy woman. She got rid of the maid. She threw her out. They already had a baby. And, you know, it didn't work. They weren't honest with each other. After, I, 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 Rifki and Borough Park, I know you are upset right now. I want to hear from <laughs> you. Um, Rabbi, we're going to take a break, but afterwards, 
help us sure. make lemonade out of this. Uh, do you tell us that uh, like absolutely. the lessons we're supposed because there are. By the way, I want to just just for the Orthodox listeners who are who are, who are getting red in the face and 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 uh, and getting ready to send an email. Um, <laughs> Rabbi Simon Jacobson, who is you know kind of got that street cred in 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 that in in that world. Which, by the way, I've got one foot in, so I want to be clear: foot in, feet in different worlds. Um, you know, it often says, I think, very beautifully that the lessons that we take from from Chumash and, and Tanakh are not always uh, prescriptive. Um, they're often the opposite, the guide of what not to do uh, and what doesn't work. And I can just say, absolutely, if we're, if we're all honest with ourselves. Certainly, in, I mean, I tell you, in business life, and I also think, guys, I look around the room here in relationships that we sometimes learn the most important lessons from the screw ups. The scripts that we're conscious of, the ones that we actually don't suppress and deny and ignore and not acknowledge, but the scripts that we do acknowledge. And uh, hopefully after the break, uh, the Doug, brilliant, brilliant Doug, rabbi. If I could just, yeah, if I could just interject, you know, because I, I want Rivka and, and, and Mendel to understand, we're on the same side with all this. When I said it's a handbook of dysfunctional relationships, it's because of, the Torah wants us to reflect on our own lives, right. to look at what went wrong there, and not to repeat those mistakes. Yes. So uh, this is not a criticism of text. On the contrary, this is saying text is asking us to see what goes on and then look in our own mirrors. Indeed. Beautifully said. We'll be right back with Rabbi Andrew Sklars, Eddie and Diane Love, <laughs> and our wonderful producer and therapist as well, Leah Masniku. We'll be right back on Equal Footing. You pull me closer, why don't you pull me close? Why don't you come on over? I can't just let you go. Oh, baby. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Equal Footing with Dove Tuzman is sponsored by MDCS Dermatology, your experts in skincare. With two Manhattan locations and four offices in Long Island, including Plainview and Comac, the dermatologists and skincare surgeons at MDCS are proud to be affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital. So schedule your next skin exam in one of MDCS's convenient New York area locations. To make an appointment, go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-DERM. That's 212-661-3376. You can even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376. And don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures. I've been caught. This is so fun. I wish this was a two-hour program tonight. Talking about relationships, talking about communication specifically in relationships. At the outset of the show, we talked, we mentioned that, uh, the biggest reason why couples divorce, uh, 68%, different studies show different numbers, but are in this, you know, that range, 68% in this one study I'm looking at, um, report breaking up because of, of communication breakdowns. And within that, the subsegments, the major subsegments are not seeing eye to eye, not communicating well as it comes to things like finances, the logistical, like life planning, um, relationship with God and religious observance, uh, where there's different levels or bad communication around that, um, and stepping out fidelity. And I'm wondering, Eddie and Diane, if you would be willing 
to talk about that last one for a moment. It's not a charged comment in the sense that I don't know what you've navigated in this world. And the show is not, we've done shows on navigating infidelity, but I'm wondering about maybe things like jealousy and possessiveness and the way in, you know, the way that's, um, the way you've communicated around those issues, however you feel mm-hmm. comfortable, you know, talking about it. Uh, well, uh, let's start from, I guess the very beginning, Eddie's been really, we've been very honest with one another. Um, and I knew very early on the honesty level that, um, we shared was of, this is what I feel. And I'm actually saying exactly what I feel. And I felt like he wasn't lying. So everything that we do, we were pretty honest. And, um, when I, when, if there was ever jealousy, it's most, it's probably a reflection on my thoughts of, of things, because I don't think that he would um, intentionally try to make me feel jealous because he's always uplifting me. So I, I, there's no chance of me like actually being like, oh, you made me feel this way. It's like I, I must have thought it. I must have been it's something of an insecurity of my own. Um, but I don't know. How does it well, feel for you, Eddie? So uh, if we're just talking jealousy in general, not a sexual nature, but just jealousy in general, um, jealousy for me comes in with her family, actually. Oh. Uh, my own family is, uh, I learned very later on in my life, it finally switched in my brain, is a very selfish type of family and a very selective type of family. And when I met Diane, I met a family that is absolutely imperfect, but they have absolute love for one another. Mm. And blood runs very deep with them. And it is about family it, it is how i would look at myself and how so you're I want... not jealous of of another man no no not at all not at all you're jealous of kind of the attention or relationship yeah it, like, like it, it, and that yeah, was a jealousy point yeah, for, I get me that. for a long time i felt and, that and I, and I would say that that's always there because you know you're so disappointed in your own family and you're dealing with your own issues on that side as well mm. yeah well guys i'm i'm listening to you speak and i'm like answering the question in my head as well and i feel like the list is so long <laughs> list is so long for me but oh. we only have one hour so i won't i'll shut up <laughs> no t- tell tell us I, I, as a therapist you can answer this either either on the either side of the couch so to speak yeah but do you yeah where, where do you think communication breakdown is the worst and and and, and do you think that what do you and how do you feel how do you relate to this issue around i think i'm I think I'm very um, logical and emotional at extremes. Like I feel like I'm very detached from my emotions, but then I feel them deeply. Um, so in the breakdown in communication for me happens where I um, will raise my voice or overreact, not to last week's show, um, and will not be expressing my emotions clearly yet in my head i don't even feel them um so that's that's an interesting twist and then i think what i've learned and need to do better in my adult life is to communicate to the person that i'm um, having a communication issue with that i need a little bit of time i need five minutes i need 10 minutes and then i'll come back with a clearer head and just talk to you like you deserve and, uh, yeah, like you deserve to be talked to. So that doesn't happen often though. That's, that's, I mean, a, that's good insight in terms of the kind of, um, giving yourself the time 
to kind of get out yeah. of the, 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 the rage or reactionary dynamic of the moment. Yeah. Eddie and Diane, I'm sorry to keep putting you in the spot, but, uh, I, do you think I if there was, that. if there was, however you guys have your relationship set up, which is not, not my business exactly how that works, but whatever in your relationship we defined as, as cheating, as being, as betraying the other, whether it has to do with, uh, with into some intimacy and sex or in some other way, mm-hmm. a real betrayal. Mm. Do you think you have the communication tools as a couple to overcome that? Have you had to overcome that? Yeah, actually, we have. We have at the very, very, very beginning, beginning. relationship. We also had a very quick, let's just call it like it was, we met right before the pandemic. Yes. We, we basically moved in together straight after that because I was moving out east with where I was working and um, we got to know each other very quickly. So when things happened, they happened fast and we fought a lot, but we would, you know, figure it out. But when it comes to um, dishonesty, I think that we very quickly realize if you keep something a secret, then it's, it, it can be worse. We, we must share it mm. at first. Uh, if it's, a, if it's an intent to, you know, sort of hurt you, I feel like it's a secret would be intentional to hurt somebody. It's, you never want to hurt me intentionally. So you keep things honest as always. So what I would classify as a seeker from Diane, and it's very different for us. And if I can be completely brutally honest, I think Diane's okay with me being honest like this. She already gave me the thumbs up <laughs> is that from the very beginning, <laughs> Diane understood and appreciated and respected that first of all, I came out by to my wife. I love being a nudist that I love having an open relationship mm-hmm. of course we set certain parameters to that that happened like the first week and that happened we very quickly, that very we, quickly. We, we were very quick he was like listen I'm not going to waste your time this is who I am I did things quick but nope no but I love I love that I love that it came out right at the first week I was being very honest because at this point in my life I just I needed to be honest with everybody I came into contact with was it the first relationship that you've had that that had that type of open and honest communication in that way um to that extent yes with the acceptance, to that extent though, that yeah that yeah, was yeah. Honest. And the acceptance yes right. like I was, but i also had told it to others but with the knowing that if my relationship needed to just be monogamous and i was in love with this person i could remove it i thought i could remove it i guess mm-hmm. is actually what i would say um not that it already came up as an issue mm-hmm. Actually, on the contrary, my, my, my ex-wife, I was married from 19 to 22. Uh, my ex-wife. Oh, yeah, he was married first. My ex-wife cheated on me. <gasps> How could he? And I divorced her. Mm. Uh, even though I'm into open relationships and even into, I'm into all, these, all these different aspects yeah. of my life. At this point. It's because it's about honesty. Right. Yeah. That's okay. I want to actually, you'd think, uh, here I go with a segue, and you'd think I was going to go deeper into this very interesting topic of kind of how you have your relationship set up, but I'm going to do something a little different. Rabbi Sklars, one of the issues that I always have when it comes to people preaching about uh, good communication, and I, I might get the, the ire even of, of uh, folks in the studio here, is this assumption that couples should have no secrets. And the, the research seems to belie that point, that there are, there is an appropriate area, that private box for you to have a certain degree of, um, just as kind of a, a area that is only your own. Is that just, is that just me <laughs> that is kind of resonating with, with, with that rubbish cars? What, what, what happens when you have couples talking about this, t- the difference between kind of honesty and holding secrets? Cause they're not exactly polar opposites. You know, I, I think that every healthy relationship 
has a contract to it. Unfortunately, unhealthy relationships have certain contracts. But bottom line, that couples understand the places they can go together and the places that each person needs to be individually. And that's that needs to be respected. And all of our lives, there are times that we go into a room and we have to close the door and be by ourselves. And I think our partner needs to understand that. It doesn't mean that we're lying. It doesn't mean that we're being deceptive or, or duping them. But it just means that there's things we need for ourselves. Sure. But that's part of the open communication and part of the contract from the get-go, if, if we share. And, you know, Eddie, you, you, you know, certainly not only honored the whole aspect of contracts, but you created that contract immediately when you and Diane moved in and you opened up and you said, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Yeah, I... I I, listeners who've been with us for a while know that I kind of overquote uh, Khalil Gibran, who's one of my favorite poets. But he, I think, says kind of what you're saying in a in a in a very beautiful way in his poem on marriage. Rabbi he says, "Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. For the pillar, I'm skipping a bit, but for the pillars of the temple stand apart." And the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadows. And I feel like there's this idea in modern society that like this, this, the, the, the best communication is just in always together. This, um, where everything is on the table and to the, what Eddie and Diane were talking, we're talking about kind of like being no secrets. I'm stylizing guys a little bit, but it feels to me like a healthier relationship does also allow for, for space. Um, Let me get sure. controversial. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I, uh, on one hand, agree, but to play the devil's advocate, um, I think there's something beautiful in having no shame um, in revealing yourself, in revealing yourself to others. And I'm this. It doesn't mean that you share everything about yourself because. Of course, there's things that we want to compartmentalize, et cetera. Um, it's just that I think we, we're not really willing to be, it's so easy to keep a secret, right? It's so easy to not share. It's mm-hmm. so easy to just be like, okay, like this is another part of me that my partner doesn't really like need to know about. But like do or might the not, work. Might not like. Or might not like, mm-hmm. of course. But like do the work, like be willing to, be open even about the, the difficult stuff. And I'm not preaching or anything. It's just that it's, it's a freeing feeling in having, and it's like, it empowers you to be even more yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What do you Don't think Rabbi Sklar? Is, like, it, it, uh, is a couple's, I, 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 can a couple's contract work either way? Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. I, I think that secrets, and privacy are two distinct things. Yeah, that's true. I, I absolutely, we should not be ashamed of ourselves. And if we truly trust our partner, then we'll open up. But there are moments that we need to be with ourselves and our own thoughts. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go into another dimension, and I don't know if it's kosher for your show, but, but certainly there are couples in open relationships, and they share with each other that 
and, and that's part of their contract. They don't need to share the nitty-gritty of, of all the details if they may be with someone else, but it's understood, so they're not hiding that. They may have certain interests that may not appeal to the other. They may pursue those interests. The, the, the partner knows, but again, they don't have to go into every single aspect of it. So it's not hiding. It's just allowing time for the privacy of the of the one part of the couple. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. And I and I I'm not going to let you off the hook on giving us that Jewish paragon of a good, good communication relationships. He told us some of the examples of what we shouldn't do. But after the break, I do want to get that out. We've had a couple of listeners who have are calling me to task on that, Rabbi, to get that out of you. We're going to take our last break. We're here with Rabbi Andrew Sklars, who's also a therapist, another therapist, and also our executive producer, Leah Masniku, and Diane and Eddie Love. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we have this new sponsor uh, over the last uh, couple of months, uh, and you got to get into this. This is this is great. So on point for what we're about also here on Equal Footing in terms of building bridges, deepening your relationship with yourself and the ones you love. I'm talking about the Lola and Bear What If Workshops. These are workshops that challenge you as a couple to go deeper to break down barriers, release shame, explore fantasies, open up about those secrets we were talking about before. What if you and your partner lived without jealousy? What if you could be your full, unabashed self with your partner? What if you could finally overcome that past relationship trauma? If you've been with someone for a long time, what if you could feel as drawn to your partner as you did the first day you met? What if your relationship or marriage could be more honest and exciting than you ever thought possible? Check out these what if workshops. These are, uh, three day weekend affairs, uh, held in the Catskills upstate. There are one day versions in the city. I'm going to give out the number to get more information. It's 848-305-9903. That's 848-305-9903. You can also go to lolaandbear.com. That's L-O-L-A-A-N-D-B-E-R.com. lolaandbear.com. There are workshops coming up uh, next weekend, uh, June 16th to 18th, June 30th to July 2nd. There are a couple of others in July and August. Uh, check it out. There are bod- there's body work, nature walks, lake swims, um, and all sorts of journeys that are kind of therapeutic and somatic in nature. So cultivate a more positive and fulfilling connection with your current partner or maybe your future partner if you're single. The What If Workshops, 848-305-9903. I've been caught. Okay, Rabbi Sklars, just so I don't forget, because we only have 10 minutes left, what is that paragon? What what does Jewish wisdom, in a nutshell, tell us about communication as a, not, not modern psychology, but, but ancient Jewish wisdom tells us about communication? What are we finding in the text in terms of relationships? 
Well, there are two things that come to mind. The first, I don't know if your listeners will necessarily love, but the paradigm of the most beautiful relationship we find in the Bible is between, of love, is between David and Jonathan. Now, that's not to say it was a romantic relationship or a sexual relationship, although there are those who speculate that it was, but it was of a great love between two people who cared deeply for each other. And clearly there was a, there was a commitment on all sides. Do we see things in later literature in the Talmud? We see, and we're willing um, to sacrifice for each other. You got it. To take the willing, willing to sacrifice for one another. So they were there. They were the consummate of friends, brothers, the other things that people have speculated upon, who knows and who cares? But that really sets the paradigm for a loving relationship. Okay, I love it. Not what I expected. Um, I what, it. what did you expect? Uh, I guess what were I, you looking for? I guess I expected a more like kind of traditional. These are uh, rules that kind of flow out of you know Shomer Nagia and. And, uh, <laughs> the kind of, I don't know, traditional, it's so, it, sometimes I get into a space where I see our faith is, um, is very rules based. I guess I was expecting some rules. I, I don't, I don't come from a halakhic background. I do not, um, promote, well, I, I, I should, I should rephrase that. Everything is right for different people, but my yeah. framework is not Shomer Nagia. That'll be for a different show, maybe with Monica well, Friedman or something. Being in the mood of not letting other people off the hook, I'm not going to let you off the hook either, Dove. What has been your biggest challenge in communication? Oy vey. It's <laughs> not fair. Yeah, you get to ask the questions now. You're uh, asked in in relationships. Yeah, in relationships. I've the, I've the fun stuff. I've struggled with fidelity for sure. Um, what I've realized in in recent times in my life is that what that struggle was really about. Um, and I've struggled with communicating, I think my, um, need for validation, Mm. um, for kind of being told I'm okay when I'm, when I feel I'm not meaning, yeah, I've, I've dealt a lot with kind of Mm self-loathing and I've felt like if I really opened up with part, a partner about how much I deal with self-loathing that, they wouldn't be able to love me. Hmm. And so I've covered that up over time. I don't think that that's my current challenge. Uh, I feel now that it, I actually resonate a lot with something that Diane were talking about. And just, um, actually, I think you said it, to be fair about the being a good assertive communicator and, and taking in, in the best way possible, taking the time, uh, taking a break, yeah. From the reactionary, from reaction and, um, and speaking from my heart m- more than, you know, even if I logically feel, oh, I'm right mm. about this, um, getting more to the heart level and uh, understanding where that other person was coming from. Mm. Uh, is that good enough? Was that vulnerable enough? I like that, though. That was good. <laughs> okay. Doing your homework. Uh, I'm going to switch <laughs> off this before anyone says anything else. <laughs> Okay. We have some good questions. You ready, guys? We're just some, you guys, everybody, ready? including Rabbi Scott, is ready for some rapid fire questions, comments that have, um, that have come in. Um, 
So uh, Damien from Great Neck uh, wants to us to go back to the issue of finances that uh, we've mentioned a couple of times, but we haven't got into it and uh, actually says this all sounds a little airy fairy. Um, okay, Damien. <laughs> here we are opening our heart yeah. parts to you, and you're like, Rabbi, Harry, Harry. Rabbi Sklar, does Damien have something? Is this is this a major issue in terms of communication breakdown? It seems a stat show it is, but what can you give us some helpful tips in this regard? Absolutely, finances can be a major problem within relationships when people, first of all, don't have their contracts set from the get go, and when they approach things from a different perspective and sometimes things get to the point that people are dishonest with one another and it only gets worse and worse but i've seen many couples in trouble because they didn't establish from the get-go what the parameters of their relationship would be vis-a-vis how they spent their money but what if you're already in it? You're in, like in like Flynn, like you're already in a relationship. You're five years in. You realize you didn't have that conversation. But you deeply love each other. You have kids together. What are your? What's the recipe now for figuring it out? You gotta find a good therapist. <laughs> <laughs> we know a yeah, good one. I, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm being, I'm being serious. Both as a yeah. rabbi and a therapist, I've seen couples who didn't deal with religion prior to marriage, and they they were, you know, in love, and they said it's all going to work out. They had kids, and they were coming from very different places. <sighs> they needed to deal with that. And the same thing with any with any aspect that that is um, going to have an impact upon the relationship. Absolutely. And it can be as minor as even the television set on too loud. My wife always gets angry because she tells me I make the TV too high. And we yeah. go, you know, we didn't negotiate that early on. I want to get to another one quick because we're going to, we're out of time. We got to do it. We got to do make this part one of part two or three. Um, so, uh, Eddie and Diane, for full disclosure, you guys don't have kids no. uh, yet. And, and we have, um, uh, Ellie is writing in, uh, not telling us where he is, um, guessing from the area code in the New York area, uh, and saying we haven't really touched on kids mm. enough, uh, and that he thinks that the biggest thing really that causes couples to break up is parenting style issues, disagreements around kids, and the fact mm. that as a husband you go into second place. Uh, hey, I think there's something there, guys. <laughs> yes, that's um, and with two minutes left, yeah, so, you know, that's, oof. Leia. That's a good one to touch on. So is, is, my, is my husband in second place? Yeah. Depends. <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm going to jump in here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the answer on the next show. But I am a father. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been married for a while. So I will answer that in the future for you. <laughs> okay. You, you know <laughs> me, don't you? That's a nice team. At least they do. <laughs> Yeah, Leah, you got, you got, you get, we're a little interrupted there. You have like 30 seconds. What do you think, what do you say to, to, to Ellie if he's dealing with that? That's a real emotion. That is a real emotion. And I feel, I completely empathize with you, Ellie. The, the biggest challenges in my relationship have, uh, begun to be more pronounced after, uh, after we became parents. 
Um, so I feel you. I'm on the same boat with you. And what I want to pass on to you is an advice that someone gave to me is that your you and your partner are not the enemy. Like your partner is not the enemy. The baby is the enemy. <laughs> so <laughs> remember that. All right. Eddie and Diane. I like that. Thank you for joining nice us. Leigh, I love having you in the studio. We've got to do this more often. Rabbi Sklar, yeah, you're booked. You're booked for, uh, <laughs> Part two and three. Check out Rabbi Andrew Sklars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next week. Love and marriage, love and marriage. Go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother. You can't have one without the other. Love and marriage, love and marriage. It's an institute you can't disparage Ask the local gent